0: Hello everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you of our two headline sponsors. The first one is Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. The Elite Donut is a better for you donut that is packed with 13 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, keto-friendly, and contain only one gram of sugar. You can get yours today at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon by using code ShaneWhite30 you'll get 30% off of either of those platforms. So whether you go to their own website elitedonut.com or use Amazon to get your elite donuts, use that code ShaneWhite30 at checkout to receive 30% off your first order. Elite donuts have really become a staple in my house. They're a go-to better for you healthy snack when I'm really wanting something shitty like a donut, you know what I mean? So It has become something that I love to have around. If I have a sweet tooth and need a snack on something, it honestly serves as a dense food item that is packed with protein. It's gluten-free, it's keto-friendly, low in sugar, it checks off all the boxes for me. So check them out at EliteDonuts.com and on Amazon. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by Routine. Routine has created a product called Morning Routine and it is meant to rehydrate you first thing in the morning. When we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mainly from expelling vapors, sweating. Each of their morning routine packets contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. What I do in the morning is just take one of these packets, tear it open, dump it into around 20 ounces of water, shake it up. And it's the first thing I drink in the morning. It's the first thing I drink before even coffee, for example. It, it truly rehydrates me right away. And before I started using this product, I didn't really understand how I could be dehydrated first thing in the morning when I woke up. I'm a big drinker of water. I tend to drink a ton of water in the evening and, and really all day. So I never thought that I could wake up and be dehydrated. But I, oh, was I wrong? Uh, when I learned more about routine and specifically their morning routine product, it became pretty evident that most of us are very, very dehydrated, especially in the morning. So started using Morning Routine, and it has become a staple for me as well. So you can get yours at yourroutine.com. And if you use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout, you will receive 30% off your first order. All right, everybody, today's episode is with Marcos Espinoza, the founder of Side Project Jerky. He is designing a jerky brand that has some just really cool different angles about going about the flavor profiles and the why behind their jerky brand. Had a blast just chatting with Marcos about not only the jerky brand but how he how he came into this part of his life where he's building a uh, a side project business essentially, which is the name of the jerky, which to uh to maybe give a little bit of a a foreshadowing here it's it's quickly but surely becoming more than a side project which a lot of these things tend to do so without further ado give it up for marcos All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm pumped today to have Marcos Espinoza on the podcast, the founder of Side Project Jerky. And Marcos, thank you so much. You guys sent me a ton of it. I have it all here on my desk. So I am pumped. I, uh, I decided I'm going to try some of it while we have the podcast today. So I'm going to live try it. I'm, I'm expecting great things, but welcome to the show, my friends. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, for everyone who doesn't know who you are and doesn't know what Side Project Jerky is, would you mind just giving everyone a high-level overview of the brand?
1: Without a doubt. So I I don't like to say disruptive in terms of CPG because it's <laughs> it's not like it's tech, But uh, but Side Project Jerky basically is a chef-driven beef jerky brand, and I started it as a as the name would suggest, a side project. And I, I'm pretty involved here with the food scene in Philadelphia. So I'm friends with a lot of chefs. And the intent really when I started was to have a side project of my own, but also bring in these chefs to have their kind of side project, right? It kind of comes from oh, yeah. the music world. And and so I've, I've partnered with chefs and, and kind of as the brand evolves and grows, uh, looking to partner with with more chefs. But that's that's basically it, and and really our our kind of goal is to to have creative yet approachable flavors, things that aren't normally on the you know on the jerky shelf or it's it's beyond your teriyaki and peppered and and original, and and so we like to get really creative. We like to play with our food for sure.
0: Oh, I love that. That's no, very cool, and. For everyone who doesn't know your background, I would love to get into two, even before we dive super deep into the jerky business. What have you done before that? You said it's a side project, so obviously it's not what you've always done in the food business. What have you done for career-wise before starting this?
1: Absolutely, yes. So I actually got a degree in mechanical engineering, and I, I, when I graduated, I, I was a designer uh, for a uh, MEP consulting firm MEP mechanical electrical plumbing I worked in New York City for one of the larger outfits up there and we work with contractors and architects and if you look at the New York City skyline I actually have have a have touched or seen a lot of those buildings uh, in, in my early career which is great I actually come from a food background my parents had a fast casual place growing up and I hated it (laughs) because they were never around and they, we we all always smelled like fried food. And it was, it was just when you're growing up, the, the thing that you want to be most, I think I would say for most people is quote unquote normal. Okay. Yeah. So, so my parents didn't have the office job. Right. And they, they worked different hours. And, and so I was on my own. And, and, and so I was, I, I you know, singular focus, leaving, leaving high school, I'm, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get an office job and I'm going to be in an office or whatever that meant. You know, I no, you know that's
0: funny though. Cause you're right. Like <laughs> a lot of people, that's like something in your head. You don't really know what that means, but you set out to have an office job. That's very, very yeah. common.
1: Right. and And I'm going to be, I guess, I don't know, company man, whatever, and I just, I think growing up with food and just growing up, like I'm, you know, of Mexican heritage, we, it, that was just such a part of my life growing up. And I tried to just, you know, suppress it, push it away. And it just, it, it, it became a, out after college. I, you know, I like, I like the day job, the day job's great. And, and I still do consulting with, with the day job, but I, I just had this itch that I needed to scratch. And I just, I, I love food. I, I love kind of what it represents in terms of community and, and uh, and bringing people together. And, and so I, I guess after a while I decided, you know, I, I'd like to be involved in food and, and so restaurants are risky. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Um, and, and for some reason I, I had a, a, food dehydrator kind of I had gotten it as a gift when I when I started side project jerky um, and uh, I, I kicked it off in, in 2012 so brand is actually going to be celebrating its its 10th year but but up until 2020 um, it was truly truly a side project so yeah so I spent you know the first 15-20 years of my career in construction pretty much <laughs> wow okay um, yeah and and it it, it was I mean, I, it's, I always tell people I'm an engineer on paper, um, which is, oh, you're, you're an engineer, you're, you must be smart. And I think I, I kind of really square pegged myself into that career. Uh, again, wanting, I, I think I, I grew up with not a whole lot of resource. And, and so I was really concerned about having a stable job or, or job security. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. So, so engineering was, was one of those things that was, you know, we're always going to need engineers. And, and so I struggled through the program. I mean, it was, I'm very thankful that I was, was given the opportunity um, and, uh, and, and I've had, you know, great. Uh, I, I had a great career in construction, um, but it just wasn't a great fit, I would say. Um and I, I can do the work, the work is fine, but it's just not as rewarding as, as kind of what I'm doing now.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. No, I bet. How long did it take you in that career to start to feel that way?
1: Um you know, it's probably maybe 10-ish years in, maybe 12. It's it, it's uh so so I was doing uh, design engineering, which actually was was pretty rewarding, but it got a little stuck Dale. And I just, you know, I was looking at the people that were 10 years ahead of me. Right. So, mm-hmm. so my, my colleagues that were, were that much older and I, I, I just kind of looked at those people and I said, Dude, do I want to be those guys? And and sometimes I did. And, and sometimes, sometimes I didn't. I think that engineering is one of those, let's sit in front of a computer sort of things and, and not necessarily let's be out there and, and be a, a, among the people. Right. I would say that I'm definitely a people person and I definitely feel like my energy and, and and what really gets me up in the morning is, is interacting with people and and, and just being kind of out there. And um, so, so that was, I guess that's really what it was, right. I kind of felt limited by, uh, by the career, um, because there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity to to get out and be with people collaborate with people things like that
0: sure yeah like you were working behind a computer and that was it nine to five and you you said you you had you know maybe your hand in some of the buildings in the skyline in new york but was that also just behind a computer right you were designing some things that ended yeah, up. yeah
1: i mean i mean look there there's definitely tangibles to to what i've done in my career and, and i'm proud of those but uh it it wasn't like i you know i was i was there day to day in these buildings as they were going up and getting built and stuff right so sure
0: got it okay no that makes sense and then so you you had some food in the background with your family's business you're in engineering then was it was there just a thought in your mind of hey i could kick this off in my spare time and and try to start a, a food brand like would love to know where just like the beginning idea of this even came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I had a, a good friend of mine. He was at Christmas time. He would actually make jerky instead of cookies to oh. hand out to to friends. Oh, I like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I happened to be over at his place uh, right around Christmas time. And, and he just handed me a, a piece of jerky. He's like, try this. And it was amazing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then it just kind of light bulb. I was thinking about as I was actually doing an executive MBA at the time as well. Right. And I was kind of thinking, you know, even back then, just thinking about how do I pivot? What what do I do? Where do I go? And just it was also around this time that the the artisan movement had really kind of picked up steam. And okay, so what what hasn't been artisanized? Okay, (laughs) yeah. Right. So sure. So I just thought about how I could come up with some really cool flavors of jerky. I could come up with some really cool kind of branding, like small batch stuff. Um, and and that was that was kind of when we were uh, off to the races or when I was off to the races. Like, this is like, there's an underserved market here, right? I think that jerky has a reputation of, of being kind of one of those like gas station, like snacks that you, you pick up on road trips and slim gyms exactly yeah. right and, yep. and so so it's so i thought let's let's make it sexy let's make this kind of a, a luxury product let's use fresh ingredients let's see if we can you know cut down on the sodium and then obviously you've got you know keto people um and you've got uh there's just there's a market for it. And, and, and so I wanted to kind of attack that market. But when I started, the funny thing was I was looking at it like this would be my rental property. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. No, that's a good, I I get that analogy. Yeah. I wanted some, some passive income and I I wanted to, you know, be involved with something that, that would be fun. But again, this thing's, this thing's 10 years, I say 10 years young, But if you don't really put the love into it, like you are really not going to get anything out of it. And and so it's, you know, it's hummed along and I've kept it going. And and again, I'm thankful for where we are today, but you got to put the work in. And, you know, especially with CPG, beef jerky is a very cutthroat market. A lot of people favor, you know, uh, quantity over quality. And so um, (laughs) I was just like, yeah, it's going to be a side project and just, it just can't be, I mean, it, it will, it will die on the vine.
0: That's wild. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now with my experience in CPG, I can attest to that, that I feel like w- without being involved in it, you get into it and you're like, Oh, you're just, we're making some package good and you're selling it. Like what it can't be that complicated. Right. And like, <laughs> I also try to remember like no matter what we're doing uh, at the end of the day, that is all we're doing. But for, for you, yeah, was that like, do you think being a little bit naive about what it would take to create side project jerky was actually a benefit to you? Like, do you think you would have still done it if you knew how much time and energy it was going to actually take to get it off the ground?
1: That's a good question. I, I think generally speaking, my, my personality skews towards shoot first, ask questions later.
0: Love it. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: I, or look before you leap, whatever, you know, whatever analogy you want to use. So I I would say that totally, I mean, I think the, like being naive about it is just, uh, it's, it's good because if you don't like, if you don't overanalyze things, then you're more willing to (laughs) take that, take that leap. I mean, I I, look, I, I, I didn't quit my job. Right. And, and I didn't do kind of, it, it wasn't like this full blown, like, I, I know this is going to work, whatever it was, you know, calculated risks, but it, you know, piecemeal and just kind of doing things ad hoc um, on, until you really kind of learn the, the business. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I would to, to answer your question instead of going off on a million tangents, I think that was definitely helpful. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, 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 it makes sense. I mean, you just hit on a really good point that you, I mean, it's literally called side project jerky. You were able to get it off the ground while keeping, it sounds like consulting your full-time job. You had other, it wasn't like you had all your eggs in this basket. So it seems like you did it in a very smart way. And honestly, from the founders of Hat on here, it seems like if you're able to pull that off and, and do that and then make this jump, um, it's definitely the way to do it, right? Like, yeah. It, I mean, there's, there's probably something to be said about just going all in, but if you're going all in at the potential risk of your family and your all your family's finances, like, yeah, Yeah. you know, (laughs) I don't know. It it depends what you really want, but it's cool that you, you started it off with really just the goal of creating more income. And then you got into it and realized, oh, this is gonna need a lot more energy and time. So, so how long you said you're about to hit your 10 year mark. How long has it, how long was it really, truly a side project then? Like, Almost eight of those years.
1: Yeah, it was really the the pandemic was a real. If, can I curse on this? Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> it, was, it was a real shitter get off the pop moment, right? It it was. I was I was working full time. March. I remember March thirteenth. Every we go on lockdown, uh, and then March thirty first was when I got the call from my employer. Like we're you're being laid off. We're not going to bring. Oh you wow. Bunch of, bunch of jobs I was working on got canceled. And so here it is. Let's collect unemployment. Let's uh, let's make this, let's, let's have a go at this. Like, let's really have a go at this. Right. And and so, uh, I mean, what a, what an absolute blessing. I have a shelf stable, delicious meat product. (laughs) Nobody can leave their house. Yeah. Right. I have, and I talked to my co-packer, my co-packer somehow, saw this coming so he overbought on all on on his meat and so there were no like blips at all in the radar Wow! and i and i said you know just reach out to my network i said hey guess what let's let's cross out let's cross outside and put full-time in front of project jerky and uh, uh by the way this is this is my thing and it was literally four thousand percent growth in one month <laughs> whoa
0: it was that what channels was that was that a lot of amazon and on and like d2c or were you having retail too
1: it was it was all d2c that that um because really again i mean nobody were was leaving their their homes and and so i was um i was delivering locally uh you know told everybody like here's the zip codes like here's free delivery um and then a couple of uh breweries around here they were actually delivering um or they were doing curbside pickup and they said, "Hey, like we'd we'd like to bring you on as well." So, oh, cool. A couple of wholesale accounts, but really, it was it was a big, big boom D to C. Um, and uh, and so I was, you know, one of those people like leaving their houses, going to the post office, shipping every day. Yeah, um, it was it was awesome. It was a it was kind of a one of those things where it's you you believe in yourself, but I mean, for me, I just kind of I'm I'm, I'm always like in the back of my head, that little nag of like, are are you, it's, you know, imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, it's like, right? Is, is this good enough? Am I good enough? Can I do this? And, uh and so it was a real confidence boost. And it was a real kind of kick in the pants where it's like, dude, you've got something so magical here. So special. Like, let's go. <laughs> Love that. No, that's cool. And it is wild. I mean,
0: I've talked to countless people on here about that time, the Mar- middle of March, 2020. Um, that's, I mean, amazing story for you. I know that's funny when I started this podcast, this podcast got kicked off that first week I was working from home. Um, I mean, that's the story of a lot of people was either sink or swim and some people sunk. Um, and some people took the opportunity and tried to swim with it. Um, so good for you. First of all, that's exciting. And then how long, I mean, 4,000% month over month growth sounds amazing. Was that enough for you to like, was that enough? I guess from like a revenue perspective to be like, okay, like I have a business that I can like live off of, or was that just like a, the beginning of like, okay, we have something here, but like, it's still, we still need to build this to be a way bigger thing.
1: Definitely the latter. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I'm working with our, our colleague, Justin, and we've been working together for, for about a year. And that was kind of another kismet thing, but it's at this point, it's, it's kind of us. And then I've got a couple of advisors. So, still very much a, a one-person show I, I do have obviously thankful to have the, the co-packer and and he's you know cranking on capacity which is which is really nice um, but it was it was kind of the start of something where it's like okay now we need to go we got to raise money we've got to do you know we got to go that route and, and okay I'm, you know uh, I've got I've got two advisors they're my soft circle and and you know we kind of kick back and forth it's like do we go angel or i mean do we even do just friends and family to kind of get you going and and uh one of my advisors is just like dude you just swing for the fences he's like this is it like you've got something so awesome here and he's oh like, wow let's just let's go out like let's raise let's raise like a serious runway here right let's 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 pull you completely away from your consulting. Right. Cause again, I mean, I'm, I'm still consulting now just to kind of, you know, backfill, like, you know, revenue, I got to pay the mortgage, you know, all, yeah. all, all of that stuff. Sure. Um, so there's, it's, it's still, there's that, you know, competing demands, but, um,
0: but it was yeah. enough. It sounds like to get some runway for business expenses, probably to pay yourself something that pay yeah. a team, a little, a small team and, and get it off the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, we're, we're still kind of working through that now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean that it's, it has gotten to a point where we're doing enough revenue now where it's, it's attractive to some of those bigger houses, bigger investors. And, And so now it's just a matter of getting in front of them and pitching them. And, um,
0: yeah, it, it, without getting into the details of the of the like the round. So did you end up doing what would you call that more like a friends and family round or was like a seed round?
1: It's it's well, that's we're actually right now hopefully we're we're trying to close our our seed round, right? Got so it. like okay. it was let's raise money. We are still trying to raise money. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so
1: we're still we're still kind of in the early stages of that right now, but but uh, you know, hoping to close something by, you know, mid-year this year.
0: Okay. Got it. And, and, you know, for people listening, I mean, this is actually Marcos, cause you're in the middle of it. I feel like this is a really cool timing to do the podcast. I didn't realize that. So how, how did you get, how did you even for someone who maybe is thinking about raising money that started something and they're a little bit behind you, maybe a year or two behind where you're at right now. Yeah. How did you start thinking through that process? Like, what does it look like as far as like, valuing your company or, you like how much money to raise, like some of those like really rudimentary questions for someone who's never gone through it. What were some of the, like the beginning stages and processes for you?
1: So, so I think probably the most important thing for, for side project jerky is is really staff, right? So, so you want to think about, okay, do you want to bring in kind of founder types Or do you want to bring in like specific roles? Right. So it's, it's interesting. I I talk a lot about with, with my advisors, like, like, who do you want to hire? Like, what are they going to do? So you need to figure out like, who do you want on your team that, and then how much are you, how much are you going to pay them? Right. So, So that's like, it's, it's all about use of proceeds. And, and so you identify your team, that's money. You know that's a that's a dollar figure, right? Mm-hmm. And then you identify, um, you know, your other kind of you know working capital needs. Do you need inventory? I mean, we I don't hold on to a lot of inventory, and we kind of produce as needed. Oh, nice. Um, and and, and so so that's actually allows us to be a little nimble. Um, and then you know you you got to think about just like there's just so many, so many line items you can put on your spreadsheet, but it's, it's, I think capitalization is very important. Like you want to make sure that you can pay your bills for as long as you think you need, you are going to be cash flow negative. Right. Right. So then you, you want to think about, okay, where am I going to sell this product or, or whatever it's like, like where's the money coming from? When's it coming in? Right and and so I'm, I'm yeah working through cash flows and financial models and and you know so so really I you know I I did get an MBA I I know my way around Excel spreadsheet I kind of understand how to talk the talk but you really want to have a a strong finance person right someone who yeah. who understands cash flow because it's projections are one thing. But then cash flows as as another thing, right? And so that's
0: that's a huge one. I think a lot of people don't realize when they get into this. Um, Sales is great, especially if you're doing it, you know, D to C route. But as soon as you start playing with retailers, and you have to wait on money, and you're producing for those retailers way in advance, like I think that concept just in itself is one that a lot of people don't realize until they get into it.
1: Yeah, no, and it it can you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And then the other thing too is you know, it costs, it costs us X to produce the product. Right. But then we have to ship it. And then, you know, now we're dealing with distributors. Right. So we've got, you know, thankfully we've got two of the biggest distributors, UNFI and Kehi.
0: Oh, nice. You're both. both That gives us,
1: yeah. That gives us access to all of the big retailers. Right. So we we had a phone call with target on Friday. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. No. And, um, and uh and that and you know we're we're in Wegmans is actually our first big grocery store right now so oh wow congrats on that too
0: Wegmans is like it's a I feel like it's a lot of people's first or not first but like it's a good one to get in get some nice distribution it seems like it's a good proving ground which I don't know if a lot of people know that but I I know that was an early story for a lot of CPG folks that I know
1: well they're they're just really awesome folks I mean at least like from the account manager side I actually no, excuse me, I haven't spoken to the buyers at Wegmans, but what's cool about Wegmans is they've got rolling resets. So I mean, we can get into the particulars of that, but basically it's, you know, I'm in the jerky category, right? So a lot of these bigger chains will have a category review and that happens once a year. Right. right. Wegmans actually it's it's rolling, so you can kind of submit anytime. And then um, the other thing they do is everyday low price or EDLP. So your costs are kind of a little more fixed than working with other retailers who have, you know, temporary price reductions or slotting fees or free fills. Right. So that like getting back to this, you know, what should you know when you're going into, you know, these financial models and raising money and all the rest is like, you really need to know that it costs you X, but then the distributor is going to take their markup. Then there's the retailer markup. And like, it, it really erodes, um, you know, your bottom line. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, right.
1: When thinking about this, right. So, you know, some of these retailers have these slotting fees of like 5,000 bucks per SKU. Yeah, so totally you're already crazy. out of the gate, right. In the hole. if we've got five SKUs, we're in the whole 25 grand. And, and now,
0: and for folks who don't know, it's that it just means that you're paying basically for your spot on the shelf in the yeah. grocery store, right? Like you're just to sit there and be available to purchase. You pay a flat fee sometimes to just get the yeah. spot.
1: Yep, and, and and then there's also free fill, so you're giving them you free know, product. So, yeah, yeah. So they'll say we want a case per store. Well, how many stores? Five hundred stores. It, it it adds up it ends yeah. up and that's
0: <laughs> and Justin oh. knows this like at our at our x bar like I was in charge of revenue management so like all of me and my team that was like what we did was calculating potential trade spend and it is wild like a free fill for a lot of people again you know if you give someone a free case of product to get going in a store that seems like nothing but then you do right. well 500 stores yeah that's 500 <laughs> cases for free <laughs> plus the slotting yeah. it's like it's it's a lot of money to get up and going
1: and and, and- you know, ultimately you wind up doing a ton of volume, right. And, and you will kind of make up for this, but it, it's just things like that. You, you just got to really make sure you're on top of you. You, you just got, you got to know your numbers, right? I mean, right. that's, that's, And is that I some would... of
0: the stuff you go through when you're trying to raise money and you're in your meeting with potential investors? Like to me, I would think for a, a brand at your guys's stage, like for someone that's thinking about investing, like understanding when you're trying to get into what doors and what the mix is going to be between online and retail and a lot of the cash flow, is that kind of the nitty gritty that you eventually kind of get into and have to walk potential investors through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, so I actually just just put a spreadsheet together for for one potential investor, and it's it's very robust. <laughs> love it.
0: I love a good robust spreadsheet. It's my favorite. <laughs> <I> mean, it's- <laughs>
1: it's uh and so but but yeah i mean but then it gives you specifics and it also what it helps you understand though is like this is a scalable business like in a major way right i mean the, the jerky market is in the u.s you know i think it's like two or three billion dollars right now right it's, and, and
0: it's really top heavy right like for the most part because just to give you background too like i um I, I know a few people in the business. Like I've met the chomps guys um, and I know uh, a guy the guy that started think jerky. Um, okay, yeah. So I've met a few people in the industry. I've, I, from what I've learned though, it's, it's very top heavy, right? Like you have the few, like what slim Jim, and a couple of those guys that are like just huge. They take up such yeah. a big percent of the total jerky market share. And now there's players with way better products coming in that I think yeah. is really exciting because yeah, for sure. This for category sure. is just ripe for i know we we said we wouldn't say at the beginning but disruption because it, it really yeah. in my opinion is yeah. like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's no different than the grocery or the sorry the um the cereal aisle like yeah. kellogg general mills are starting to get knocked knock, knocked over and pushed to the side by a lot of these guys that are coming in three wishes and magic spoon yeah. and some of these guys that are innovating
1: yeah yeah and it, it, it's um it, it's really nice to see but it's it is a it's an uphill battle for sure because because you're right i mean i think i think jack links uh slim jim oberto own you know 66 to 70 percent of the market right and that's and crazy what's funny is they you know you you'll go into the jerky aisle or you'll see the the small batch jerkies but they're all owned by these bigger guys too right oh so, really yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so
0: even like the what about like, yeah i was gonna say like what other what other are, like what are for people listening? So side project jerky obviously is the one that you should be trying, but are there other players that are making a dent? Does it seem like it's starting to kind of move in the direction of the younger brands making a dent in this space?
1: You know, I think it's, it's ups and downs, right? So the, the kind of Cinderella story, if you will, is, is crave jerky, which was acquired by Hershey for 300 million is the alleged alleged that much. Um, but I, I don't think Hershey gave it either it was not a good fit for Hershey or whatever it is, but th- so the guys that sold Crave wound up buying Crave back. Oh okay. Um, right. Some of the some of the bigger players, uh kind of the level where we'd like to get to. Um, you know, you'll you'll see Country Archer
0: yep. is,
1: is a big one, and, and they actually I, I listened to they're they're kind of Point of differentiation is actually supply chain right and so they've they've kind of identified well if we have a bunch of spots peppered around the country like we can be a little bit more kind of quick to market or or quick ship or, or make it better whatever the case may interesting. be interesting good um, know that so so strive um which makes they they say they make biltong so now biltong is a specific type of uh beef jerky from south africa oh okay i didn't know that um and so again i'm not not throwing any shade here but as far as i understand it biltong is is a is a recipe that is as a biltong spice that's dried in a certain way um but now they're bringing to market the, the concept of biltong but with like different flavors and things like that and and look they're, they're doing a great job i mean i think they just uh went public with a SPAC Right? Oh, Strive did. Um, I didn't know that. Strive did. Yeah.
0: I know um, uh Peter and Jared, the guys that started RX Bar invested in them, but I okay. I didn't know they went public with a SPAC. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I guess it was like mid-year last year. I, I think they had like a, a big athlete um investor. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, and, and look, they're they're doing great. I think they're they're up to like 50 million a year, something like that. I mean, it's, okay. There's so much opportunity there, and it's but it it is it's marketing dollars it's it's finding kind of your niche and then making sure that that niche is is big enough to to really support
0: (laughs) yeah for sure and so for you for and well i want to try these here in a second too for for side project jerky what is your guys what would you say for everyone listening who i'm sure will want to go try it after this what are what's like your big differentiator in this space that you you know obviously we know it's you're partnering with with chefs and you're so the flavors and everything are supposed to be phenomenal but what is that the biggest component
1: yeah ab- absolutely i mean i mean if you look at the the packaging too we you go down the jerky aisle everything kind of looks pretty similar yeah our yeah. packaging for the for the listeners out there actually when
0: yeah i will hopefully <laughs> can see some of that yeah there we go for everyone watching
1: so and not so to cut again, you off was... now
0: i'm also understanding your background in <laughs> in the packaging okay so for everyone who's listening and you and i'm sorry not to cut you off but there, it looks like like a mechanical engineering drawing of, the, like, the CAD drawing is part yep. of the, the logo. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they're old construction drawings, actually. That's really and- cool.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I didn't even pick up on that the first time I, I looked. Oh, that's really cool. And they're all different for all the different flavors.
1: Yeah, yeah. and so so when I started packaging the jerky, I was making it in my kitchen. I was vacuum sealing it, and then the, the company I was working at, they they would just throw out these drawings and like like wholesale like stacks of drawings like this stuff's just going right in the trash like why don't we repurpose it so i would um you know kind of cut off any like identifying uh, you know marks or anything like sure. that and then i would fold it up and uh and and pop it uh, you know put the vacuum sealed pack inside that and it's a nice little present and so each package at that point was very unique, but uh, that was just not sustainable
0: at all. <laughs> oh, because like every single one was a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, be- I I'm, I was I muted my mic because I was live tasting the. Do you, did you pronounce it, Berber, Berber?
1: Uh Burberry.
0: Burberry. I butchered Burberry.
1: that. Yeah, no, it's all good. Unbelievable. Thank you. <laughs> it's so good.
0: It's so much more flavorful than any jerky I've ever had.
1: I am glad you like it. Wow. Yeah, we we pride ourselves on on really great flavors, really great textures.
0: Then how do you get connected with the chefs? Like, what, How does that get worked into the business?
1: So when I first moved to Philly in 08, it was the time like Twitter had just started, right? Okay. So the, it was the inception of Twitter. I was also food blogging at the time. I think everyone had a oh, food nice. blog at, at, okay. at the time. And so- so I think via the, you know, early social media and just kind of um, food blogging, I became friends with a lot of these people. And, and I would, you know, I would kind of chase down like this chef or that chef and, and Philly had really started gaining steam back then too. So that actually, that Burberry flavor um, is a collaboration with Jen Carroll, who was a uh, Top Chef alum. So Got it. she was on season i think she was on season three or four she was a finalist um and now she just kind of is, is has become kind of this food personality yeah so she's got a restaurant here in philly she runs a, a catering company she's doing a lot of really cool stuff with um you know mul- multimedia like she does classes she's got a, a patreon and, and she uh she came up with this this flavor here which is uh it uses a, an ethiopian spice blend um, it is so good yeah, it's, 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 she knocked it out of the park. That's, that's actually been a really popular flavor. So. Cause like,
0: I had no idea what that word was or what that flavor might taste like. And honestly, yeah. it's hard to describe. Like you almost have to taste it, which maybe yeah. I'm sure that's probably a challenge for you guys. Like you are going after flavors that are a little unconventional, but God, you taste it. I'm like, wow. Like I'm, I can't <laughs> imagine eating like any of the, you know, Slim Jim, any of those normal jerkies after tasting that it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. No. And, and like, do you do a, and is it like a, is it some sort of like royalty type of, of arrangement yeah. usually with the chefs?
1: Yeah, it's basically kind of like a, a sponsorship deal. So, and it's it. kind of how they want to work it out. Um, you know, we, we have three collaborations right now. The first one, the chef just, he said, just pay me, you know. So really oh, we okay. kind of just gave him a lump sum at the outset. And I, uh, I would imagine he's probably kicking himself right now um but uh i would imagine (laughs) but yeah so that that's basically how it is it's like a a sponsorship thing right and and what's what's cool is you know we give we give them this blank canvas and they can do with it what they will and it it takes a little bit you know we've got to tweak things here and there we'll we'll go out but we get a day out at the co-packer we get to kind of see the facility and they get to meet the, the people that are making the jerky so it's a real it's a, it, it's a fun thing and like i said I'm, I'm all about just community right and and bringing people together so
0: excuse me i am enjoying <laughs> this so much um for everyone listening we're obviously going to put links to this and you're going to be able to try it um it's so good i mean it, this is i've tried i tried the the Burberry and the Southwestern so far, and there's three more. So I'm gonna have to hold off. Otherwise, I'm gonna, this whole podcast is gonna sound like I'm eating half the time. It is delicious though, Marcos. Like I'm not, not just saying that either. Anyone yeah. that knows me knows I'm pretty blunt and to the point. They're delicious. Yeah,
1: well,
0: These God. are really, really good. So, and how does it, so are you trying when you bring out new flavors, are you gonna try to always partner with a chef? Or are you gonna do some without chefs too? Or how, how is your like product life cycle looking from that standpoint?
1: Yeah. So, I think we definitely want to keep the chef thing going uh, as long as we can and and really collaborate with, with anyone and everyone who's interested. And, and perhaps it's not a celebrity chef. I think that obviously gives us a little more uh, cachet, but uh, it's, I've got, I've got friends here that are, that are cooking in Philly that are just like, I know that they're just dynamite chefs and I know that they would make a killer jerky. Yeah. So oh, sure. I'm I'm up for for whatever, right? It might probably cost me a little bit less too.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, I'm sure too. There's probably a balance between you know launching a ton of flavors and and then I mean, you guys could do seasonals though. I mean, there's just like probably so many opportunities when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, and that was that was kind of what we wanted to do at the outset, right? Was to have I'm I'm big into I I, I grew up a sneakerhead and I. I was my, I've got friends kind of in fashion. So that whole concept of the drop, right. Oh yeah. Was something yeah, yeah. was something that I was, that I wanted to do with side project jerky, right. So I wanted to have limited releases with this chef. You could only get it at this time. Come to find out that that's damn near impossible when you have a product that needs to be USDA inspected.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Okay. It's just too expensive.
1: Well, it's so again, it's with, when you're printing like packaging, you need to print on volume. Right. So, so if I'm, I'm printing, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand of these packages at a time. And and so a a limited release becomes a little bit more challenging. And then also like, what's the, what's the market going to bear? Right. If I, I don't expect people to pay 15 to 20 bucks for a, for a package of jerky. Got
0: it. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, um, And then it just also, it's, it's just a matter of, of how long it takes just to get it from uh, our kitchen. Right. And then to scale it up and, and do kind of go through uh, that whole process. So the, each, each of those collaboration flavors took almost, uh, almost a year to, to go from, yeah, to go from zero to, full-blown so so at that point it's like well, let's just bring them on the roster
0: yeah and I then think. it's like a full-time flavor type of thing yeah so these are so good i just <laughs> i'm sorry i keep saying it but i just i cracked into the cowboy one it's just so good Thank once you try that. this you'll not want to eat other like other jerky <laughs> tastes so to be honest the first thing that comes to my mind is synthetic yeah like these taste That's like real meat
1: yeah, there's no preservatives. It's a it's a real clean label. Um, everything we we use fresh ingredients where we can. I mean, spice blends it's dried spices, but um, our, uh, you know one of the flavors we go, we have fresh ginger and fresh garlic. So it's it's really cool. Like you can really taste those ingredients. Um,
0: oh yeah, I'm thinking about. I have a buddy that we've been talking about potentially doing a version of the carnivore diet next month. Yeah, okay, all right. I've never done it before, but I'm like, well, hold on. Now I have a great like <laughs> snack type meal that I can, I can build into uh, what I eat for the month. That's, this is awesome. <laughs> eat a success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have to post all about it be like, this is how I'm going to get through this carnivore diet. Um, well, this is really cool, Marcos. I mean, it sounds like what's cool is it was a side project. I mean, this became a more than a side project, obviously, but now you're all into this and to hear that you're unifying K your D to C growth. Um, where else can people find you guys? Where are you guys going to be soon? And and like, what does the next year look like for you guys? It seems like you're on kind of a rocket ship that took, took eight years to take off, but now you're, you're soaring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and really it's depending on, on category reviews and who we can get in front of, I'm actually really kicking myself because Expo West, which is the big, you know, I was going to ask
0: we're going this week
1: show. Um, it starts tomorrow and we, we held off just because it was it was going to be, you know, 15 20 grand just to, yeah. just to land on the floor and and now I'm like darn it why didn't i spend that money because we're we're having meetings now with a lot of these buyers and they're saying are you going to Expo West and we're like ah oh, you know we're not so look expo east is is in the fall uh, or late late summer so i think that's going to be a must attend for us at this point and and really i mean the next I think the next year is, you know, raise that seed round, get ourselves into some of the bigger chains, and and then also, I, I like, I really do like D to C. I mean, D 2 C is great because your, you know, your margins are better. Yeah. Um, and and then just kind of from from an advertising standpoint too. I mean, it's free, right? I have an Instagram account and I have you know, audio visual capabilities. And so, and it's too, like, it's, it's a nice opportunity to like truly connect with your customer. Um, Oh yeah. You know, just, I, I I don't uh, email marketing is a a real necessary evil, but I don't really like to bug people. But when I do, like, I'll send out a like sincere email and say, Hey guys, like, how you doing? Long time, no speak. Here's a coupon. But uh, also like, this is what's been going on with us. Like, tell us what's been going on with you. And I love it. And and, uh, you know, I think, I think I put my phone number on some of the emails and I've gotten phone calls from people, which is really interesting. Um, I, I actually, so we were on uh, good morning America. Oh, in, nice. In, uh, 2021, I, we were part of their deals and steals. Segment, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, which was insane. Uh, they their email marketing is a is an absolute machine. <laughs> we
0: easier. just had a I have a few clients I work with who were just on there. So that's awesome. I mean, you were on there way before like right after you had that big bump in D 2 C. And I mean, that yes. seems like that was a great that was an early, probably a huge bump for you guys to be on it that was, show it, at that time.
1: It was massive. And then a month later we were on the view. Whoa. And yeah. It was, and so it's 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 kind of a break-even proposition, unfortunately. Yeah. It's like a marketing play, right? Yeah. But you get to capture all of that customer data, which sure. is totally worth it, I would say. And um, and yeah, but I I remember I was I was driving out to the Copacker because that's where I was gonna do the fulfillment. And I, I got a phone call from someone that said, Hey, we saw you on Good Morning America. And So how did the, like, they were asking all these questions and it was just like, good luck. I'm so proud of you. Wow. (laughs) this this old lady, like giving me props. It was really, uh, it's cool. I mean, that's, I, I think that's like, that's really what I love about having the business is that I get to connect with people.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And you got, I mean, that's a obviously great opportunities, but yeah, that, that is cool. When I remember my, one of the first month of joining our X-Bar because I used to work at, at Walmart.com and before that I worked at Cummins, like the big diesel engine manufacturer. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess mechanical engineering. I was in finance, but same, we were both probably, you know, whatever, same world. Um yeah. it it was weird, but in a cool way to go somewhere where all of a sudden I had like a physical product that I was proud of that I could give to yeah. people. That was yeah. like a huge pivotal, and that's why I've like fallen in love with the food industry and the podcast and everything I do outside of this. Um it was from that, like being able to hand someone an RX bar on a plane and be able to explain to them and be like, yeah, you can eat this. Your kids can eat it. Your grandma can eat it. It's good for you. Um, I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm sure that's it's, it's, it's a really addicting feeling that until you work in this industry, I think it's hard to explain to people.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. Very cool. Well, we're, we're running out of time. So I do want to ask you some final questions that I love to ask every founder that comes on here. The first one I know you're doing a, a variety of different things including running this business full time. So what do you do Marcos to you know plan your yearly goals and then all the way down to daily tasks? Essentially like, what tools do you use to get shit done? Whether it's pen and paper, apps, what is what is it that you do?
1: Post-it notes. <laughs> Love
0: it. No, that's good. <laughs> L- that's good. You know it's if- funny everyone has the same reaction to that question and almost <laughs> everyone that I talk to who's a successful entrepreneur uses that or pen and paper. I mean it's
1: I I really need to be better about like keeping my online calendar, my Google calendar things like that. And and I've gotten better. I I will say I've gotten better, but um if if I don't write it down, like forget it, right? It's okay. it's uh, that that's something that I I I swear I have undiagnosed ADHD because I, I
0: think that's an entrepreneur thing. at least it's a good excuse everyone uses (laughs) I,
1: i just i'm all over the place there's there's some days when i'm just way all over the place There's, and there's some days when i'm really kind of hyper focused but um it's it's discipline i actually was talking to to a guy last week um financial advisor and um he said that the pain of regret is greater than the pain of discipline and that like just totally stuck with me. And so like, that's just been in the back of my head now. It's like, you know, you, 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 are here, like get your shit together. So like, you can be like here. Right. And like, you know, get up that, you know, get up a half hour earlier, you know, like work I have, and it's not, you know, that whole concept of grinding it's, I, I will grind. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think efficiency is, is something that I really kind of want to focus on, like, as I move forward.
0: I love that. I've been trying to live something this year that I saw, um, the guys from super coffee talked about it. It's, um, consistency over intensity. Yeah. Because it's kind of interesting. Like everyone goes through these stages of just like, they want to be intense and grind, like you said, but like, if you can do it even a little bit slower, but for a lot longer, you're probably yeah. going to make it a lot further,
1: which is yeah, kind of the same, exact same it. thing.
0: <laughs> Love it. Um, the next one is source of knowledge. So whether a book, podcast, what's something you'd recommend to the audience listening today?
1: Uh, the Shane White show for sure. It's killing. <laughs> Thank serious. you, Marcos. I appreciate it's, that. The the founders you've had on and like, you know, even like I think I would listen to uh it was the financing the the you know business or whatever. I mean, that's you're 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 a great resource. Um I, I would, I would say podcasts, again, you put them on in the background, like, you, you know, you pick up drips and drabs here. I lean heavily on, on my network. Um, because, and, and really, I, I think I'm always willing to talk to people. Um, because you just, everybody knows something that, that you don't know, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I think I'm, as much as I struggle with delegating um i i think i it's it's really important to just you know ask people questions and and really like listen right and right and because you you know your next door neighbor might have something that <laughs> you, you didn't need know you needed right and in, in terms of knowledge um love so, that uh, yeah i think i think um it's, it's important just to, to be receptive to, to like anybody and everybody.
0: I love that. No, that's great advice for everyone. So appreciate that. The last question and by far the most important is how can folks get involved and learn more about, about side project jerky, as well as get involved in, you know, converse with you, um, whether we want to, you want to plug the website, we'll obviously add links to everything so people can find it in the show notes, but would love to for you to share anything you want to share for the brand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at sideprojectjerky.com. Uh it's jerky is spelled J-E-R-K-Y. Some people spell it, they throw a little E in there like like whiskey sometimes. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about that. Uh,
1: all of our socials are Side Project Jerky. So you can find us on Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, and uh Facebook at TikTok uh if if you need a chuckle check out the TikTok. that's gone in a very interesting direction i run all of the socials by the way
0: i followed you yeah, yeah i love it yeah. i love honestly it's like off the cuff i think that is is genius for a like any brands i get into that i i just think it's where it's all going so love it, it makes it yeah. feel more personal it makes it feel like a real real life brand you know what i mean it's yeah. not run by some big corporation so i love it
1: yep Absolutely. Um, you can email me if you want to chat. Drop me a line. Uh, it's Marcos at sideprojectjerky dot It's M A R C O S. Um, and then you can find us right now at Wegmans. Uh, if you're in the Philly area, DeBruno Brothers, uh, and then just probably uh, you know, two two hundred fifty to three hundred boutique retailers across the United States. <laughs>
0: Love it. And then that we- the website. We'll have the website there too. If you want to buy it and ship it.
1: Yes. Um, and you know what? I'll throw on a, I'll throw, I'll throw on a coupon too for anyone. Oh, all right. As well, so I'll do that right now. Just uh, 15% off with code Shane white 15.
0: Love it. Love it. Thank you, Marcos. Appreciate it, everyone. Go try this jerky. If you listen to this, you just heard me absolutely get obsessed over it. So I'm going <laughs> to just now crush all five bags that you sent me. So thank you for sending me the jerky. Thank you for the time, Marcos. It was a pleasure meeting you and uh, let's keep in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate it.